Dear listeners, Sairam and greetings from Prashanti Nilayam. Welcome to our radio program, Afternoon Satsang. This is a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12.30pm Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion is on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 13th March 2014. Have a listen please. Sairam, dear listeners, well, we had promised that this would be the beginning of a new series and both Prem and myself were in a kind of quandary and that was because what series can we find that can match up to the splendor and glory of Swami's life story and it took us a lot of thinking and a lot of feeling and a lot of prayer to come up with what we have decided to be the new series that we shall proceed with for the next few months from now. And to tell you more about that, I invite brother Prem, who is along with me here in the studios, joining us for the satsang. And I will hand over the mic to him after offering our most humble and gracious salutations at the lotus feet of our dear Swami, who is ever-present, omnipresent during all our satsangs. Sairam Prem. Sairam Arvind and Sairam to all listeners of Radio Sai. Yes, it's a new beginning. It's a new day where we're going to start a brand new series. You know, Arvind, I was talking to one of our colleagues, Arvind Sai. Mm-hmm. And I think most of our listeners will be aware of how he is associated with the Burrakata team. Mm-hmm. He was uh, one of those three people which got a lot of attention from Swami, a lot of personal interest from Swami during the heydays of the Burrakata time. I remember in the year 2009, mm-hmm. that was the time when they were trying for their MBA. He had finished his MA in economics and he was trying for MBA. And when they were supposed to be having an interview with the Vice Chancellor mm-hmm. for their MBA, they actually had an interview with the Chancellor. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Because I remember that very clearly, they were waiting for going in for the interview and group discussion and they suddenly got a call from Mandir saying that Swami is waiting for them. <laughs> and so wow. they had an interview in the interview room with Swami. What a beautiful substitute interview. Right. That was in the year 2009 in May. And among the many things that Swami was talking with them during that interview and during that period, Swami asked them, what all Burakatas do you have? What are the different, different topics? Different themes which they themes, have. So huh. I think around that time they had a Burakata on Shirdi Baba, they had one on Ishurama, they had two or three on Swami. You know, mm. There was one on Water Project, there was one on uh, Swami's life. So they said all this. And Swami suddenly asked them, do you have a Burakata on Ramayana? Right. Mm. So they said, no, Swami, we have not prepared any. Swami said, uh, ask your teacher to write one on Ramayana and come to me. Mm. So when they had exhausted Swami's story, they had exhausted the story about the Sai Avatar, Swami said, the next one is Ramakatha. And so dear listeners, taking cue from that experience and also inspiration from Swami, definitely, we have decided that the series that will be replacing the Satyam Shivam Sundaram will be the Ramakatha Rasavahini. For what can replace the nectarine flow of the Lord's story, but the nectarine flow of the Lord's story. And so from Sai Rama, we move on to Sri Rama. And let us assure you, dear listeners, that this is going to be a mesmerizingly beautiful story, just like our Sai Rama story because this avatar of Mahavishnu, Lord Rama, has received a lot of attention 
and a lot of inputs on his story we have received from our dear bhagwan and many times you know when swami has spoken about ramayana and innumerable other times when swami has sat through listening to the ramakatha rendition hmm. because there have been batches and batches of students who have been popular because of ramakatha correct in the 70s there were a couple of boys who said they were the ramakatha boys and then the 80s there was a batch then i remember when uh, my classmates were in school there were a couple of students who were very young 8th standard okay there was a ramakatha batch and then when we came to i think uh, masters there was this music college batch which was ramakatha then when i passed out i remember arvin sai's brother arun sai krishna he was part of one ramakatha batch so i think that importance which swami gave to ramayana to the singing of the story of rama is unparalleled you cannot compare any other uh, character or epic which got that much importance from swami exactly and if we see in general prem we come across two avatars of the lord which are very popular and which have given rise to the greatest epics from india the ramayana and the mahabharata right. and these two avatars are lord rama and lord krishna and if we ponder a little we will come to know that these are the two avatars that were most accessible to everyone even in their physical period of sojourn on earth rama was available to the people of all castes all categories he was available to the fishermen as we will see in the ramakatha he was available to rocks he was available to animals monkeys bears he was available to all and everybody could win his grace that universality of rama is matched only by the universality of krishna none of the avatars before and the next we see that kind of universality being matched only by our swami and so i feel this is a common thread that runs between swami rama and krishna and therefore it's again another perfect choice to pick up rama story after sai rama story and one particular shloka which you know brings out the importance of ramayana this mm. is supposed to be part of shiva purana if i'm not wrong okay. it, it has a mention even in the bhagavatam i think where lord shiva says mm. that if you chant the name of rama it is equal to chanting the name of vishnu a thousand times uh-huh. and that is one of the most famous shlokas which propound the importance of the ramanam and i think before we go on to the significance of ramayana and lord rama should we begin with that yes but before that i just remembered one very very interesting anecdote as well as a speciality of the ramayana that we are going to discuss now you know often the stories of the lord are chronicled by different chroniclers and always they have been only biographies at best mm-hmm. the biography of different lords now the ramakatha rasavahini can be called an autobiography i remember in one awareness class when the warden was teaching us from this holy book the ramakatha rasavahini which swami has written it has been published in two separate parts it is the biggest written work in terms of its volume by swami at that time he said if we see the valmiki ramayana the original sanskrit ramayana written by sage valmiki hats off to him our salutations to him we will come to him a little bit later that is like the ramayana written in a manner in which man sees a great man valmiki has written about rama as a mortal because he was his contemporary and then you come later on in the 15th or 16th century if i am not mistaken we have the tulsi ramayan the ram charit manas and this is the way a devotee looks at the lord this is a ramayana written with that flavor not as a man looking at another great man but like a devotee looking at his lord so it oozes with bhakti the third in this century the ramkatha rasavahini written by swami is the way god looks at god it cannot get more authentic than that and as we shall discover during the course of the series we will come across so many 
phenomenal fantastic insights which swami has given about this ramayana and therefore it is not going to be just the ramayana it is going to be the ramayana in a manner of an autobiographical account because it is swami who has written about this rama story the ramkatha rasavahini i am reminded of an incident that shri tg krishnamurthy sir who mm-hmm. was formerly the state president right of the right. tamil nadu state he narrated he said that in 1993 he got this great chance of spending a few months with swami mm-hmm. you know he was like a caretaker for swami and he got this privileged chance and he said that during the night it would be only him and swami in the room and he would get that chance to press swami's feet and at that time swami would tell him ask whatever you want and he said that you know i ran out of questions what do i ask if swami is available full completely now and one of the times he asked the question was this you know again it's from the ramayana he asked swami did rama's power after the war with ravana did it decline a bit mm-hmm. so swami asked him why are you asking this question he said swami that is how it is recorded you know because till then rama was invanquishable nobody could conquer him and yet after the war his power decreased to such a level you know it, maybe it was like the last surge of effort he needed to defeat the demonic forces once he defeated ravana after that even his own children lava and kusha in a battle defeated him mm-hmm. small children they were not even teenagers at that time and in a war they defeated him so definitely rama's powers underwent weakening so swami said who said rama's power didn't become weak then he said swami but in the valmiki ramayan and then swami said atan kem tilsu <laughs> what does he know i am telling you my powers did not decrease wow you know that voice of authenticity what does valmiki know i am telling you powers did not reduce then he continued you know he said then why swami why did he lose and you know swami beautifully told him he said you know matrudevo bhava pitrudevo bhava mm-hmm. he said yes swami what does it mean swami it means mother is god father is god who told you that swami asked him swami you only told that swami yes i only told that you know when swami says i only told that it is so hair raising and so thrilling because this is a veda vakya that is there when we chant it on every convocation matr devo bhava pitr devo bhava and vedas are said to be apaurusheya they are not written by anybody these were mantras and hymns that were seen by the sages and here was swami saying yes i was the one who told them you know it it shows the divine origin it's so thrilling and then swami said i have said that mother is god and here when lavakusha went to mother sita and then swami told him you have no idea about the chastity and purity of mother sita she is an ideal for womanhood for motherhood for everything for wifehood for everything you know she is an ideal and when such a mother has blessed the children saying that vijayi bhava go be victorious if at all rama had defeated them then for generations to come because ramayana will be read for generations to come it will show the mother's blessing as something secondary to the lord's blessings which is not mother is the first god and in order to prove that i lost to my children you know that is what swami told him so you know that is why this story of ramayana is going to be so exciting and thrilling because we have got these insights from swami himself and that is a very important thing because it is important not to look at ramayana in the traditional sense you know because there are a lot of you know nitpicking which happens with the story of ramayana people say why this happened why rama did it like this you know why uh, this character had to go through these events it is very important to see ramayana from swami's point of view mm. why swami played it the way it was played because that is the essence of it and whenever swami spoke about the ramakatha rasvani as you said you know it is one of the longest running series even the sanatan sarthi the longest written book by swami because it started way back in the year 1970 February issue I think I think we should tell our listeners that all the vahinis that we see right. today whether it is Ramkatha Rasa vahini Bhagavata vahini or Prema vahini all of them were actually articles that Swami wrote in the Sanatana Sarathi since its inception in 1958 right right 
and these articles were later compiled theme wise into these vahini books so as prem was saying in the february 1970 issue of sanatana sarathi swami started this series called ramkatha rasa vahini and it extended till it went on for 7 years till till august 1977 so, so it, it must have been <laughs> one of the longest series from 70 to 77 and we have spoken about vahinis before how swami kept writing these whether he was traveling whether he was you know busy with other work he was establishing organizations but these vahinis were something which never stopped so this is one of the longest series and in fact in that very first chapter swami actually teaches us how you should listen to ramayana how you should learn ramayana you know swami says that ramayana has two aspects just like a fruit it has the fruit and the juice some people consider ramayana to be the fruit while some people consider ramayana to be the juice he says both are not wrong both are right but yet there is an important lesson to be learned here you know swami says if you take an orange fruit it has the rind that is covering and protecting the fruit then inside you have the fibrous part with lot of thread like substances within is the flesh which is embedded with seeds so first you have to open the rind throw it off separate the fibrous part then pick out all the seeds throw them and then enjoy the juice of the fruit swami says that juice is the karuna rasa and the bhakti rasa the juice of compassion and the juice of devotion he says ramayana is all about the juice because orange is nothing but the juice and yet for the existence of the orange in a worldly plane it needs to be packaged with the seed with the fibrous substance with a rind around it but that is a worldly presentation in the same way rama or the characters in the ramayana because they have to exist in a worldly plane they do some actions they do different things and there are good stories there are bad stories there are stories of demons there are stories of hatred that are embedded in the ramayana but just like one separates the rind throws away the seeds and partakes only the sweet juice so too when one is doing the parayana of the ramayana one should have the discrimination and ability to throw away these other stories other you know as you said the nitpicking that comes in and be able to enjoy the karuna rasa and the bhakti rasa that is prevalent throughout the ramayana that is how one must listen to the ramayana with love and devotion in the heart and swami says you do it and you will see how beautiful it is how elevating it is how uplifting it is how you will listen to this and feel i don't need anything else in this world other than listen to the story of the ramayana and so beautifully swami is named it the ramakatha rasavahini mm-hmm. you know you could have named it ramakatha vahini the flow of the story of rama hmm. but he said ramakatha rasavahini this is the essence of that story of rama which he is going to share and that is why it is very important in fact you know swami has not given as much clarity about what is this rasa of ramakatha in the beginning of ramakatha as much as he is given in another vahini which he has written mm-hmm. you know there is a sandeha nivarini where an entire chapter is about the essence of ramayana okay and interestingly the sandeha nivarini is no second person asking the question swami has written the vahini in a way that somebody is asking a question and swami is answering okay who is the person who is asking question oh swami himself swami himself has written the script in a manner and the questions are so beautiful sandeha nivarini incidentally means one that will dispel doubts doubts in okay. fact even if we read that text you know you will know what kind of doubts swami wants us to have mm-hmm. because there swami himself has written the doubts and swami himself has clarified it mm. there the devotee goes and asks swami swami what is this ramayana you say that ramayana happens within us and he asked him what is this ramayana swami what are you talking about this ramayana how do we read the story of ramayana so then swami goes on to say rama is actually the atma and that mm-hmm. is why he is called atma rama wow and the other meaning of atma rama is swami says atma arama 
the one who rejoices in the atma he does not derive pleasure from anything else but only from his self wow so sami says first of all the idea that rama suffered that rama went through pain that rama struggled rama you know collected powers on the way and used the help of others all these are actually your own imagination rama was only the eternal witness he chose to play the drama you know prem i'm interrupting you i know but you triggered another thought this which swami has expressed in the ramakatha rasavahini he says exactly this you take a sugarcane in sugarcane in sanskrit is called ikshvaku and again you may call it coincidence but i firmly believe that coincidences are miracles where god has chosen to be anonymous that's all ikshvaku is sugarcane ikshvaku is also the ancestor of lord rama therefore it is said that lord rama from was from the ikshvaku clan and swami says just like this ikshvaku it's not a coincidence that he is from the ikshvaku clan ramayana is as sweet as the sugarcane juice and swami then clarifies saying if you look at a sugarcane it has knotty areas which are knotted it has hard areas it is crooked it goes in different shapes but whatever be the shape whatever be the size however hard be the flesh of the sugarcane every part has the same sweetness and swami says rama's story too is like that dear listeners We will take a little break and we'll come back with the beautiful inner significance that Swami gives for the Ramayana which makes the Ramayana universal in its application and its approach but before that let us enjoy singing the beauty of the Ramanama let us listen to the melodious chants of the Ramanama because Swami says that just listening to the Ramanama is equivalent to listening to the Vedas themselves because the bijaksharas the root letters of the rama name are so powerful and so elevating more on that after this little break where we shall enjoy the sweetness of the juice of rama's name rama katha rasa sri rama rama rame ki rame rame manorame सहस्रनाम तत्ल्यमरानेमरानने भजे श्रीरामचरण 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 भजे श्रीरामचरण 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 भजे श्रीरामचरण 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 भजे 
ವೈದೇಹಿರಾಮ ವೈಕುಂಠಧಾಮ ವೈದೇಹಿರಾಮ ವೈಕುಂಠಧಾಮ ಭೂಪಾಲಚೂಡಮಣಿ ಸತ್ಯ ಸಾಯಿರಾಮಚರಣ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮಚರಣ 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 ವೈದೇಹಿರಾಮ ವೈಕುಂಠಧಾಮ ಭೂಪಾಲಚೂಡಮಣಿ ಸತ್ಯ ಸಾಯಿರಾಮಚರಣ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮಚರಣ 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 makes you feel like just melting into the beautiful name of Rama right friend and how many times swami has spoken about the sweetness in the name itself mm. swami would say rama 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 you just chant that name and it will calm your mind in fact the word rama has been derived from the root which means to attract ramyate iti ramaha so you know the name itself is so beautiful and 
I'm just at a loss of words to speak on how calming and how beautiful this whole experience has been just listening to this bhajan. Right, and that is why he is even called Ramachandra. That's what Swami says. Mm-hmm. He is like the sweet, calming moon, the cool light of the moon. Now we come back to what we were talking. That is the spiritual significance of Lord Rama. You know, Ramayana on one hand, as we said, has the rind. the fiber and the seeds if we look at it it's like another story but this story is so metaphorical so powerful that just contemplation on the story reading it again and again gives such tremendous insights it liberates you from this worldly cycle of birth and death it just takes you to a plane where you are unaffected by pleasures or pains or sorrows or happiness nothing ever touches you and you are in a state of tranquil bliss and that is why possibly This story is done as a parayana almost twice every year once during the Ram Navami time once during the Dasara time this story is just narrated you know it's almost like everybody knows the story and yet everybody listens i remember there were two parayanams that were held in Prashantinilyam in Swami's physical presence once when i was a student and once after i had joined the radio sai one was a bhagavata parayanam and one was the ramayana parayanam You know when this was announced it was said that it will be a 7 day festival where each day one aspect of the story will be told Ramayana is often easy because it has seven kandas you know another thing again i'm going in a byline you know the meaning of the word kanda kalakanda kanda also means sugar candy right and it's not again a coincidence that each part of the ramayana is called one one candy one sugar <laughs> candy it's one flavored candy kanda also means an expanse of water an expanse of water and you know ramayana has been considered like an ocean an ocean which has limitless in its potentialities in the pearls gems and treasures that it holds beneath it and again you know another similarity with our swami is swami comes from a family which is called ratnakara which means again the ocean there is something common between the lord and the ocean definitely and so coming back to this parayanam that i was speaking about when this was announced my first thoughts were oh come on the same story i know the story i have read it so many times and yet prem i can cross my heart and swear as i tell this as each day passed and as i heard the story the same story i assure you the same story that i have read that i already know yet unlike any other story this story made such a tremendous impact each story gave me greater vigor and enthusiasm and energy in life to lead life it gave me so much thrill and so much thrall because there is something magical about the story of rama about the story of krishna just like there is something magical about the story of our sai rama and that is why this parayanam is held every year where people just hear the story of rama because just hearing the story of rama gives insights and takes us to a state which is beyond imagination and this is on the direct physical front but swami has given such a deep beautiful meaning to the ramayana and once we hear to this interpretation hear to this actual significance of the ramayana i'm sure ramayana becomes universal and everybody will be able to associate with it identify themselves with it before we go to that i was just reminded as you were saying about the ramayana parayana about one uh, very jovial chinna katha which swami says about doing parayana of ramayana you know he says there is an elderly pandit who is doing ramayana parayanam and uh, it's a seven day parayanam mm-hmm. and he says that many people come some people sit through the whole parayanam and some people get up and go some people don't come the next day some people come once in a few days but there is one lady who is the first to come into the hall 
who sits through the entire parayanam and sits through all the days, all the seven days and all through the parayanam as the pundit is telling the story of Ramana, this lady sits there and keeps crying and crying and crying. <laughs> and you know, Swami, I'm no match to describing it the way Swami is doing. I think this video clip right. has been uploaded by somebody onto YouTube. Yes. Where Swami in Thrai no, is it, narrating the story. It has been story. done by uh, the students in the hostel. It's very beautifully Swami is telling and I think sometimes we should play that clip. When Swami is saying that at the end of the seven days, this man is so pleased with this lady. So he says that when you give that uh, prasadam. prasadam and that holy water after the parainam is done, he says, first I'll give it to this lady. Who has been sincerely attending. She's the most attending. sincere. She's attended all the days. And he goes to her, he gives her the prasadam and he says, Mother. And you know, Swami adds, he says, not only attended, she was the first to come, the last to leave and throughout she's shedding tears. Ah, that means the Pandit is pleased with her devotion and love. <laughs> and then Swami says, no, this uh, Pandit goes to her and he says, Mother, I'm so overwhelmed by your devotion that, you know, you sat and you cried. He says, but what aspect of Rama made you cry like this? You know, mm. what did you like so much about the Ramayana and what moved you so much? So then Swami says, the lady tells answers. Ni Ramayana em kadu. Ni Ramayana parayana naki em kaledu. I didn't understand a word of what you're telling your Ramayana parayana over there. He said, I had no idea. And then Swami says that the Ramayana book which you are carrying to mark the page in which you are finishing that day's topic. The bookmark. Bookmark. You know, there is one uh, thread. A thread, the twine kind of a thing which is there in old books. He a said, black thread. That huh. black thread which you use as a bookmark that reminded me of the thread which my husband used to wear around his waist. A black thread, yes. <laughs> which is traditional. You know, they wear that black thread around the waist. It's a tradition in India. He said, my husband passed away long back but he used to wear a thread like that. So every day I used to come see the thread, remember my husband and Right. And you know, the poignant part is, after narrating the story, Swami said, Mana kuda antene. He says, our boys are also like that. Right. You know, I remember in that tri-session video also when you see, till now it's a jovial atmosphere, everybody becomes serious. And Swami says, they sit right in the front and keep shedding tears And they will emotionally not take their eyes out of Swami. Of Swami. But when it comes to what Swami has said, they have understood nothing. You know, it's a very... It's a heart-wrenching statement actually and you know that is Swami's beauty. Even such a painful thing he has been exhorting for years and he sees that nobody is accepting it, nobody is practicing it. Yet he is able to make a joke out of it and present it so beautifully. Before you go into the inner significance of Ramayana, I am reminded of another Parayana story which Swami says because you know all these stories are important because they give us insight as to how one must listen to a Parayana. You know Swami says that there was this person who was regular every year to listen to the Ramayana Parayana which this priest used to do. And it became part of his, you know, tradition. Every year, I should listen to this Parayana. And, you know, they say that the story of Lord Rama is so liberating. It makes you lose all your attachment to the world. It gets you attached so strongly to the Lord and you have no other interest left in the world. So that is the reason why everybody attends the Parayana also because they want the ultimate gift. But now this one year, this person who was a businessman had some business dealings to work out during the Parayana time Mm -hmm. because of which he was unable to attend the Parayana. So now he decides that since I have taken a vow that I should attend, if not me, let my son attend. At least a representation from the family is there. As even he decides that and feels happy about his decision, he suddenly gets a doubt. He feels that, look, I have reached an age now where I am about to retire and want to hand over everything to my son. Hand over the reins of my business and everything to my son. Now, if my son goes to the Ramayana and gets detached from the world, he becomes a sannyasi. Oh God, what do I do now? So, he decides that he will have a word with that Pandit beforehand, telling him that, you know, be careful, don't be very exuberant and energetic in your discourse, so that my son gets inspired and becomes a (laughs) renunciant. So, he goes 
he goes to the pandit and swami narrates the story he says he tells the pandit that you know be careful in your parayana the pandit begins to laugh loudly the scholar laughs loudly and he says sir you have attended my parayana for decades now <laughs> if after all that you have not got an iota of detachment you are still cancelling a parayana for a sake of your business and you are thinking of handing over your business do you think that listening to a few hours will make him detached and renunciant no you don't worry you go happily for your business nothing is going to happen to your son you don't worry you know again this gets us to the point that how it is a two way process yes the story of lord rama is redeeming and beautiful of course but our efforts also count how intent we are how keen we are on getting the karuna rasa and bhakti rasa as swami said how intent we are in being able to throw out the rind the seeds and enjoy the juice matter a lot and the juice is definitely what swami has said about the spiritual inner significance of the ramayana and the beauty and the problem of ramayana is this you know it has a wonderful storyline hmm. because if there is a cryptic story you know there are some stories which swami says in kathas which are so difficult to understand it is out of the normal you know it's very weird so you tend to think of it and you understand that it's an allegory it's something very deep in it so you can think and go deep in it but the story of rama is so beautiful as a story itself that we get lost in the plot and that is why swami says that rasa is important the essence is important and that is why swami says the story of rama is not of a king of ayodhya the story of rama is the story of every individual Atma every rama. individual's effort and that's why swami says every aspirant can actually draw lessons from the ramayana which will help him in his spiritual progress and hmm. that is why listening to the ramayana in that right frame of mind and with the right perspective is so important before you give the significance just briefly recapping the story the hero of the story is rama and the heroine is sita and what happens is they are supposed to rule over ayodhya when suddenly rama is banished to the forest he goes to the forest where he kills a lot of demons and that is when sita gets abducted by ravana and how she gets abducted she sees a deer which is almost golden in its complexion and texture she gets the desire to possess the deer as her own pet and she sends rama to find the deer and as rama goes chasing the deer sita is left alone and that is when the demon rakshasa ravana comes and kidnaps sita rama then befriend sugriva the monkey king and then gets hanuman his greatest devotee and jambavan is there the bear king and with the help of these animals supposed to be animals who are uplifted because of the touch with rama he builds a bridge to lanka across the ocean defeats the evil king ravana rescues his wife sita gets her back before becoming the ruler of ayodhya so this in short is the sankshipta ramayana the brief ramayana and now prem i would like to invite you to give how swami has elaborated on the inner meaning of this whole story swami says as i said swami calls rama as atma rama and that itself is a very interesting thing because you don't refer to krishna as atma krishna mm. you know you don't refer to any other avatar with this prelude you know that prefix of atma but only ramayana because it's a very direct story of the individual self swami says rama is the atma which is coming to a body which is inert mm. and what is the source of that body it's dasharatha and swami says dasharatha means the dashendriyas the 10 senses of cognition and of sensory reception like you know, the karmendriyas and the gyanendriyas of uh, the five senses of perception and the five senses of cognition so in that body which is born out of those senses the atma enters and it pretends as though it's a jiva that is the prince rama just clarifying further dasharatha actually means the chariot pulled by 10 and swami says the body is a chariot which is pulled by these 10 senses 
the five senses of cognition and the five senses of action that is karmendriyas and gnanendriyas so that is dasharatha and yes continue please and swami also says that the four brothers rama lakshmana bharata and shatrugna swami says they also stand for the four human values because swami says rama is nothing but the truth rama if you call him the atman he is the satya and the one who says that satya has to rule the one who says that i will only accept the rule of satya is dharma which is bharata wow hmm. and then swami says who is prema prema is lakshmana because he says i have nothing but you i will serve only you i will do only what you say because he stands for prema and then comes shatrugna who is unaffected by whatever is happening around him that is why we hear least about shatrugna because he is the one who is in constant peace so he stands for shanti you know one point here prem it just struck me shatrugna the name means one who annihilates the enemies it may seem like a paradox that Shatrugna the one who annihilates enemies is an embodiment of shanti peace wow we always think that war is the opposite of peace we never think of war and annihilating enemies as peace itself i mean it is amazing and i'm sure as we discuss the story it will unravel that beautiful significance also right and then swami says why does rama actually go and look for sita hmm. then swami says you know it's a very beautiful thing he says how many times swami has told that you are god i am god and you are also god hmm. but the difference is i know it you don't know it hmm. so the difference is in knowing that is why swami says sita stands for brahmagnana that knowledge that you are god okay so swami says rama himself is not god it is sita who made rama god and swami says because sita stands for brahmagnana the wisdom the wisdom the ultimate the knowledge. wisdom that you are god hmm. so even though you are god you are not in that state of realization because you don't have the knowledge that you are god ah uh, now i see you know that is why you know in the ramayana itself references made that even though there was a sita swayamvara where she is supposed to choose her husband it was already decided and predestined that sita was the wife of rama rama is the husband of sita even before the wedding all the sages everyone knew that sita is the wife of rama it's almost like whether we realize it or not brahmagyana we are the part of god you know atma gets brahmagyana we verily inherently divine whether we realize it or not and just like rama went through the process of having a wedding and marriage with sita in this world too we have to put in efforts to get wedded to the brahmagyana right and even the characters which rama meets on the way whether mm. it is you know vasishta or vishwamitra it is vishwamitra who gets rama to sita so vishwamitra mm. plays the role of a guru there because Aha. the guru brings the knowledge that you are god to you wow so mm. he stands for the guru and janaka is also actually another aspect of the guru because janaka is the one who is doing the kanyadan who is the one who is actually giving the Daughter knowledge him. kanyadan meaning offering the daughter to the son in law that marriage. in the marriage that process is called kanyadan in india so yeah. here janaka is the one who is giving that knowledge to the atman okay so who is reminding the atman about who he is so he is also an aspect of the guru and Hence, janaka stands for renunciation he stands for tyaga right the hands of janaka swami says you must have so along with a guru you need renunciation and sacrifice in order to achieve brahmagyana and then swami says that even though rama gets sita in the story she is taken away by 
Ravana who actually stands for desire who is Ravana is nothing but Kama and mm-hmm. then Swami says Rama with the help of Lakshmana here the aspect of Lakshmana is that of Manas Manayeva Manushanam Karanam Bandha Mukshyo mm-hmm. and here Rama uses the help of Lakshmana who is the Manas and then meets Sugriva who is discrimination and then dispels despondency which Vali represents then takes the help of Hanuman who is nothing but courage or mm-hmm. the valor and then crosses the ocean of delusion towards Lanka he kills Ravana then he kills he kills Kumbhakarna who, Kumbhakarna who stands for Tamoguna Ravana who stands for Rajas and then crowns Vibhishana who stands for Sattva and then Swami says Ramasita Kalyanam happens and okay. that is why, you know, even when uh, I was talking to Arvind Sai, he was saying that Swami had given them a couple of songs and Swami said, you have to tune this, you come and sing it to me and I'll approve the tune. Mm. So the song was going through many iterations. At one point when they sang the tune, the actual tune as it had been composed originally had the note where in the lyrics where Sita's name came, it goes down. I mean, that's how the song was composed. Then Swami said, no, 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 it should not be like this. When Sita's name comes, it should go up. Mm. The emphasis should be on the word Sita because without Sita, Rama is not God. Wow. That is why he is called Sita Rama because that is the most important thing in the whole story. So this is the actual essence with which Swami wants us to listen to Ramayana, not as a story of a prince who lived a thousands of years ago, but is a story which we all are going through. Okay, Prem, now I'll just try to summarize what you said. See if I'm right or wrong. So basically, the Ramayana is a story which says that Everyone is born inherently divine. Everyone has a birthright over Brahmagyana. That is the knowledge of the self. And yet, when one is born in the world, one is separate from the Brahmagyana. One is separate from that knowledge of the self. So, in order to get wedded to this knowledge of one's own self, one needs to have renunciation and one needs the blessings of a guru. And that is when one is able to get self-knowledge. But this knowledge of the self will be gone, will be lost once one falls into desire. So desire is something that has to be kept away at any cost. And when desire comes in, everything else comes along with it because of which there is separation from the knowledge of the self. And then as we see in the story of the Ramayana, even Rama cries. He sheds tears. He's in sorrow. One, the individual soul goes into sorrow if he loses the knowledge of the self. And then that is when one requires discrimination. That is Sugriva. One requires the mind, discrimination and courage to cross the ocean called samsara and vanquish the qualities of rajas and tamas, crowning sattva after which one is able to again become one with the knowledge of the self after which one is the ultimate ruler of the golden age. The Ramarajya begins for the individual. Am I right in this summary? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's only a summary but what Swami goes on to say is every episode of Ramayana actually gives you a way of overcoming an obstacle you will find in the spiritual path. Mm -hmm. So every story has to be looked in that way and there can be millions and millions of meanings for every episode, every character and that is why on many occasions Swami says that Rama stands for Atma, Swami says Dasharatha stands for this, Lakshmana stands for this because one is the overall image which we can carry but each episode has a very very significant lesson which can be learned also. So, so from every, the child you know to the jnani everybody can learn from the Ramayana. So basically every character in the Ramayana every episode from in the Ramayana is a metaphor no doubt but is a metaphor not only for one particular angle or one particular aspect it can act as multiple metaphors too right. So dear listeners as we go through this story of Rama 
and the ramayana our fervent prayers to swami is that in our heart let the light of his love shine and let us be able to imbibe the karuna rasa and bhakti rasa which he says is a must for everyone who is doing shravanam that is listening to the ramayana we will come to more aspects in this curtain raiser about the ramayana but before that let us enjoy this beautiful bhajan let us sing along with the singer let us follow this bhajan to our heart's content and drink deep into the nectarine name of lord rama shri raghavam दशरथात्मजमे सीतापति रघुकुलामयरत्नदीप
నేను భరించగలను 
కానీ నీ నామస్మరణకి అయినటువంటి వారిని నేను భరించలేకపోతున్నాను బట్ ఐ కెనాట్ బేర్ ఎనీ ఫెలో హూ కెనాట్ సింగ్ యువర్ గ్లౌరీ సర్వులకు నీ నామస్మరణ అందించి వారికి తరింపజేయడానికి తగినటువంటి మార్గం చూపించమని సో అర్త్ ప్రేటు నారాయణ ఓ గాడ్ షో ద వే సో దట్ డే సింగ్ యువర్ గ్లౌరీ అప్పుడు దెన్ వాల్మీకి కోటి శ్లోకాలు రాశాడట రామాయణం పైన వాల్మీకి కంపోజ్డ్ వన్ క్రోర్ స్టాండర్స్ ఆఫ్ రామాయణ అందులోపల ఈ రాసిన తర్వాత తిరిగి ఇదంతా ఒక ముల్లోకాల వాళ్ళకు పంచాలి అనుకున్నాడట ఈ వాంటెడ్ టు డిస్ట్రిబ్యూట్ దిస్ వన్ క్రోర్ ఆఫ్ శ్లోకాస్ అమంగ్ ద త్రీ వర్డ్స్ కానీ అందరికి సమంగా పంచుతూ వచ్చాడు దేవర్ ఆల్ డిస్ట్రిబ్యూటెడ్ ఈక్వలే ముప్పై మూడు లక్షల థర్టీ త్రీ ముప్పై మూడు వేల ముప్పై మూడు పంచాడు త్రీ హండ్రెడ్ అండ్ థర్టీ త్రీ వర్ డిస్ట్రిబ్యూటెడ్ ముల్లోకంలో వారికి పంచాడు దేవర్ డిస్ట్రిబ్యూట్ ఆల్ ది త్రీ వర్డ్ ముప్పై మూడు లక్షల థర్టీ త్రీ లాక్ ముప్పై మూడు వేల థర్టీ త్రీ థౌసండ్ ముప్పై మూడు త్రీ హండ్రెడ్ అండ్ థర్టీ త్రీ ఇది మూడు లోకాల వరకు చేరిపోయింది ఇట్ రీచ్ ఆల్ ది త్రీ ఒక్క శ్లోకం మిగిలింది బట్ వన్ శ్లోక రిమైన్ ఈ శ్లోకాన్ని ఎట్ట పంచేది హౌ టు డిస్ట్రిబ్యూట్ ఈక్వలీ ది శ్లోక ఇది పంచడానికి వీలు కాదే ఇస్ దట్ పాసిబుల్ టు డిస్ట్రిబ్యూట్ అప్పుడు ఈ శ్లోకం లోపల దీంతో పదకొండు అక్షరాలు ఉంటున్నాయి ది శ్లోక హ్యాట్ లెవెన్ లెటర్స్ పదకొండు అక్షరాలు ఉంటున్నప్పుడు ఈ మూడు లోకముల వరకు పంచాలి త్రీ వర్డ్స్ మస్ట్ రిసీవ్ మూడు అక్షరాలు ఒక్కొక్కరికి ఒక్కొక్కరు ముల్లోకాల వరకు పంచారు అట్ ద రేట్ ఆఫ్ త్రీ లెటర్స్ దేవర్ డిస్ట్రిబ్యూటెడ్ మిగిలినాయి టూ లెటర్స్ రిమైన్ ఇది ఎవరికి పంచేది ముల్లోకాల వరకు పంచడానికి వీలు కాదే only two letters are remaining there are three words to pindata vishnu said amma ee yokka valmiki rasinatunti yokka ramayanamnu andanni panchadani kaalakunda poyindi idu rendu akshralu migilai ee rendu akshrale rama krishna hari shiva hara sai anetundi rendu akshralaga pettukondanni at this juncture narayana told earth I distributed all slokas of Ramayana but however only two letters remained I could not distribute those two letters are Rama Krishna Hari Shiva Sai annintiki rendu akshara saripoyindi so two letters are here now kalpane ee rendu akshramulu kodunu daita swarupam ani pettindi so these two letters are to be kalpane prapancham anetundi daita swarupame the whole world is jewel కలుగునే దాని వల్ల కొంతవరకు మారు మానవులు కొంత మరుపు తెచ్చుకుంటారు ది జ్యువలిజం విల్ మేక్ యు మ్యాన్ విత్ డ్యూయలీ మైండ్ ఇస్ హాఫ్ బ్లైండ్ అని ఎ మ్యాన్ విత్ జ్యువల్ మైండ్ ఇస్ హాఫ్ బ్లైండ్ అందువల్లే ఒకటూరు yes అని పోతుంది ఒకటూరు no అని వస్తుంది సో మైండ్ సేస్ yes at one time and no at another moment ఈ ప్రకృతి యొక్క స్వభావం ఆ రీతిగా ఉంటుంది దట్ ఇస్ ది నేచర్ కలుగునే ఈ రెండు అక్షరముల నామాన్ని ఎవరైనా స్మరించవచ్చు అందరూ తరించవచ్చు అన్నారు therefore god's name of these two letters can be chanted sung by anybody christians kuda no jesus rendakshalu chesindi christians also said two letters muslims kuda allah rendakshalu chesesindi muslims say allah two letters anninte enduru rendakshalu 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 every religion speaks of god two lettered one anduvallane chagara cheppadu so chagara said evaran ninnu ninnayinchedira how can i decide you god shivudavo madavudavo shivudavo mago shivudavo madavudavo evarani ninnu ninnayinchedira 
How am I to decide? Are you Shiva or Madhava? How can I decide? Shiva mantamunaku Majeevamu Madhava mantramunaku Rajeevamu Madhava mantramu Om namo narayanaya Namo narayanaya nitunti Ashtachanamunlo Rakarame Dinikki pranamu annadu In Madhava mantra Om namo narayanaya మకారమాయ for shiva mantra namasivaya ma is the prime letter without which it is life letter life letter kadukuni namasivaya anetvadi boy namasivaya makaram lekuna bothe nasivaya mangalam kaanetvadi amangalam ayipothundi namasivaya which is auspicious without ma life letter it is inauspicious ee vivaramu telisina ganunaku mukkeda I pay my respects to the one who knows all these details. Yavarani, yavarani, ninnu, ninna, inche, dira. How am I to decide? In what way I can call you? Shivudavo, Madhavudavo. Maybe Shivudavo, Shivudar Madhavudavo. Kani Shivamantram lo Maajeevamu. Madhavamantram lo Raajeevanam. Eri vivaramu telisina chunti vaniki, nene mrakutanu unnaadu. Therefore, in Madhavamantra, లైఫ్ లెటర్ ఇస్ రా ఇన్ శివమంత్ర లైఫ్ లెటర్ ఇస్ మా కనుక ఈ రెండు చేరినటువంటిదే రామా అనే మంత్రములకు నేను మొక్కుతున్నాను అన్నాడు దీస్ టూ లెటర్స్ కాన్స్టిట్యూట్ రామా ఐ పే మై రెస్పెక్ట్ వేర్ దిస్ వర్డ్ రామా యాక్చువల్లీ కేమ్ ఫ్రమ్ యు నో మెనీ థాట్స్ కేమ్ అప్ ప్రేమ్ అండ్ వన్ ఆఫ్ ద మోస్ట్ ప్రామినెంట్ థాట్స్ వాజ్ అగైన్ వాట్ స్వామి హెడ్ టోల్డ్ టీజీ కృష్ణమూర్తి సార్ దట్ వాట్ డస్ హీ నో you know if, if we do a google search it often throws up saying that there are 24000 poems or shlokas in ramayana but who knows better than swami who said that it was distributed to the three worlds and there were 1 crore poems and therefore 33 lakhs 33333 each and one was left behind and you know this whole ramayana has been composed in a meter a poetry meter called anushtup chandas which consists of 32 letters and as swami said after distributing 21 letters you're left with 11 more letters and again swami said that 3 3 more were distributed to each of the three worlds and finally you're left with 2 you can't divide 2 among 3 and therefore it was said that these two belong to everybody and swami says that these are the two letters that's why all god names are these two letters he says uh, shiva hari hara vishnu allah eshu sai he says the rama i mean i forgot the main one rama so these belong to all which you know again it gives such a profound message that god belongs to all irrespective of whether you are above whether you are at par or below at all levels god belongs to all that is one more message that comes out strongly from that discourse which brings us back to the poems you know the ramayana is composed entirely of poems in fact it is known as the first ever poem which mankind came to know of right because if you look at sanskrit literature and going historically mm. the largest body of literature we had was the vedas 
and the Vedas are not in any particular meter in that sense. So it was the Ramayana which was considered the first poetic work in Sanskrit. And as you said, Anushtup Chandas, the 32 syllable Chandas, it was composed and to imagine that so many thousands and thousands of verses composed in one meter, so consistently with all the stories, with all the twists and turns, it is definitely one of the largest poetic works seen in a historical sense. You know, that is why Valmiki, who composed this whole Ramayana, has been called as the Adi Kavi or the first, the first poet, poet ever. Right. There are many, many discussions and debates on the Ramayana because, you know, currently there are so many versions of Ramayana. Do you know, Prem, that Ramayana is followed even among the Buddhists, right? even among the Jains, that is the followers of Mahavira. Even in the Guru Granth Sahib, right. it finds a mention where he says that uh, there are among the 10 avatars, the 10 forms of the Lord, though though towards the end, you know, in the Guru Granth Sahib, it doesn't state Lord Rama as God, but it definitely talks of him as a perfect individual. You know, there is a brief mention. Then the Ramayana is prevalent in Indonesia, in Bali, in many other countries. So that in itself, you know, from a historical perspective also shows how universal the Ramayana is. So these different people, when they have researched, they have found that Due to various reasons and various proofs that evidences that they have found, the Ramayana definitely has to be the work of a single person from the style and everything that they have seen. And that is credited to Valmiki and Valmiki therefore becomes the first ever poet mankind came across, you know, the first poet and the way he became a poet in itself is a fascinating story which shows that talent is indeed a blessing from God. Talent is God. It's actually God coming in the form of talent because otherwise poetry would not have come to mankind. But I think before we go into that, we should go into the story of how Valmiki became Valmiki from Ratnakara the thief. Right. The story goes that Valmiki, before he became that, he was called Ratnakara and he was a decoy in the forest, you know, who... who Made his living by robbing people. Robbing people, killing them and robbing them. And he had his own family, he was living in the forest. And the story goes that one day he comes across the sage Narada. And, you know, like he always does, he accosts him and he tries to steal from him. And that's when Narada says that I am a sage, you know, I, I am a renunciant, I have nothing in my hand, I have nothing to give you. So he says that, you know, don't... Uh, Tell me all this, whatever you have, you give it to me. And then Narada says that I have something which is much more precious than what you have stolen all your life. Mm. But you are not ready for it yet. Mm. And then, uh, you know, Ratnakara is, I mean, he thinks that he is trying to wriggle out of the situation. So then uh, Narada posts a very interesting question. He says, what do you do with all the money that you steal? Mm. So then Ratnakara says that I take it back home and I share it with my family, with my parents, my wife and my children. So he says, what about all the sin that you accumulate? Along with the money. Along no. with the money. So then Ratnakara says that obviously that also will be shared by my family. Then Narada says, are you sure? Are you Mm. sure that the people who are ready to share in the spoils are ready to share in the sin also? Mm. So then uh, Ratnakara is not very sure. So Narada says, you go and find out from your wife and come and I will wait here for you. And for some strange reason, Ratnakara feels that Narada is the man of his word. So he leaves him where he is and goes to his wife and asks her, are you ready to share the sin which I have accumulated Mm. in the process of getting you money and food? Mm. So then the wife, who is a wise one, she says that, no, I am not ready to share the sin. Because she says that it's your duty to, it's provide. Your duty to provide for your wife, your family and your children. Hmm. So I am not a person who is going to share the wrong ways in which you are bringing it to me. Hmm. So he says, there is no way I am going to share your sin. And that's when actually Zatnakara realizes that, you know, he has made a mess of his life. He realizes that his sinful ways are to be faced only by him. 
that is when ratnakara rushes back to narada and falls at his feet saying that what is that precious thing you said that you have that you will give it to me so that i need not lead this kind of a life a sinful life that i have been leading till now i want to give it up he sincerely repents now the great treasure that narada was speaking about is nothing but the rama nama the name of lord rama the name that redeems that name that gives the greatest serene joy that we spoke about tranquil joy that we spoke about but you know narada is in a tricky situation because he has been commanded by vishnu that you should not give the rama nama to anybody it is your secret it is for you to enjoy and chant and liberate yourself and that is when narada actually comes up with a beautiful ploy and hmm. the way he plays it he says i will give you a mantra which you chant over and over again and instead of giving the rama nama which he was forbidden from doing he says you chant the syllables mara 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 and so while ratnakara takes this upadesha from narada and he sits in meditation and starts chanting this mara mara and everybody is wondering what is this man who is sitting in because mara has a so many other meanings mara also means to kill mara also means desire there's so many other words which mean mara but even as he is sitting and chanting mara 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 he actually without his knowledge starts chanting the rama nama because even if we were to keep repeating mara 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 we will realize that we start chanting ram 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 yes huh. and as he chants he starts enjoying the bliss the joy that is derived by you know relishing the sweetness of this name he so lost that he doesn't realize an anthill that comes around him in fact in sanskrit a valmikam valmikam means an anthill and that is why he is called valmiki meaning a person who came out of an anthill because that is when he gets the blessing from brahma who blesses him saying that he will be the one to share the glory and story of rama to the entire universe and again that happens in a very amazing fashion because you know when he was ratnakara he is nothing but a petty robber a dacoit a killer a murderer he has had no education nothing i mean he has been living in the forest yes a nomad a person living in the forest now he has been christened valmiki by brahma and he has been told to write the story of the lord how is he going to do that and it happens in a manner which even surprises him it happens that one day as he is going for his bath he is about to step into the river he watches above he sees a pair of cranes engaged in the mating ritual and even as they are engaged thus an arrow comes and kills the male bird and the female bird the kraunch pakshi as it's called in sanskrit wails out bemoans the loss of her beloved and seeing this pitiful scene valmiki's heart rushes to that bird and in that uh, you know sorrow in the deep sorrow spontaneously a poem comes out of his mouth he says maa nishada pratishtham tomagama shashwati sama yat kraunch mituna dekam avadi kama mohitam and you know there is a saying which says shokatvam shlokam agataha which means from the shoka came the shloka from the sorrow came the poem this poem it came on its own you know it was inspired it was inspired by the scene but it came from within and he was absolutely unaware of sanskrit the grammar nothing and yet the poem came and that was the meter in which the entire ramayana has been composed and that is why valmiki has become the adi kavi it is so beautiful and i remember sometime back this entire scene was portrayed in the uh, sai kulwant hall in a drama and they came very close to uh, reliving history of what might have happened actually i think before we proceed ahead 
to concluding this curtain raiser we should definitely listen to that little piece manishada pratishtam vamagama shashvati samaha yatrauncamidunadekam avadi kamabohitam and that was a very very important situation because you know here is a person who has come out of meditation valmiki has come from years and years of chanting the ram nama and spontaneously not only did he create poetry he has also cursed somebody he has mm. also cursed a person that you will never see true happiness in your life and that's when the story goes that he goes to the river for his morning ablutions and his sandhya and there the lord brahma actually gives him a vision and he says stop worrying it was meant to be mm. you were just an instrument in whatever happened and then brahma tells him that the shloka which came out of you was in this chandas it was in anushtup chandas and you are going to actually write the entire story of lord rama in this chandas you know one profound point that you brought up there saying that when he curses he says anishada means a hunter oh hunter you know just as you have brought such pain to this bird that was kama mohitam that was engaging in the sport of mating in the same manner you too will undergo such suffering there is no way for you to escape the consequences of this action of yours so immediately after doing it as you said he feels so repentant and how could i you know i have having done all this how am i cursing that is when brahma reassures him telling him don't worry it's all part of the master plan now this is another beautiful aspect that gets to be noticed when we talk about the ramayana story of how the entire ramayana and in fact our entire life because after all ramayana is nothing but the story of our each individual's life as swami puts it so beautifully we realize that everything is part of a master plan and therefore there is no use celebrating our victories or fretting and fuming and getting frustrated over our disappointments because everything is part of a plan i am reminded of that quote in um, the library of brindavan mm-hmm. you know where i got the chance of doing my undergraduate studies there is this board which says god has a plan for me and that is all i need to know the story of ramayana stresses a lot on this message that everything is part of a master plan and once you know that everything is part of a master plan why do you worry when god is in charge so therefore it also helps us to easily surrender to our lord and master when valmiki comes out of his meditation you know mm. one of the doubts which he is constantly having is how should a man live because he has actually gone through a period of transformation so he is constantly asking himself the question how should a man actually lead his life and what ideal should a man follow mm. and he keeps asking himself is there anybody who has lived a life which is ideal which is worth emulating and that is when narada comes and tells him yes there is a man and he is rama he is the one who is perfect and he needs to be emulated and then tells him that there is a man living like that his name is rama and his story you should write there is a purushottama 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 right. the uttama uttama means the perfect among individuals and in fact rama the other way in english you know they often call him as the perfect man because he not only attains perfection in his physical body and his mental prowess even in the way one should lead life with satya and dharma he is perfection and that is one more speciality as you said of the ramayana where you can follow all the actions of rama they say that follow the words of krishna and follow the actions of rama rama is an avatar whom we can blindly follow because it came as an avatar to set up an ideal for man the perfect man how does a perfect man behave how does a perfect man lead his life and how does a perfect man terminate his sojourn on earth all of this becomes clear from the life 
of Lord Rama. And that is why it is beautiful for us. We can feel kinship and we can appreciate and enjoy the Ramayana. So that dear listeners, I think with that we should draw the curtains on this curtain razor and maybe from the next week we will start the Ramayana, Ramakatha Raswani as Swami has given it to us. But you know, there is always a saying that whenever you chant the name of Rama, whenever you sing the glory of Rama, you will always have the company of Hanuman. Hmm. Because he says he will always come when Ramayana is being shared, Rama's glory is being sung. So I think maybe we should leave with a song for Hanuman. And I remember, you know, there is one particular uh, Swamiji, I think he's still there. He does nothing but doing Ramakatha Parayanam. Hmm. He keeps telling the story of Ramayana. And whenever he starts, he would actually have a mat placed for Hanuman. He would say this is for Hanuman because it is said and it is for sure that wherever Rama's name is chanted, wherever Ramayana is recited, he will come and listen. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Prem. It fills my heart with so much joy and thrill because imagine till now for all our satsangs, we would have the Supreme Lord of the Universe Swami here sitting by our side. Today onwards, apart from the Supreme Lord of the Universe, we'll also have the Supreme Devotee of the Lord. One, the goal. One, the means to reach the goal. Wow, it is going to be excellent and fantastic. So dear listeners, this satsang, we offer it at the lotus feet of our Sai Rama and bring it to a close with this bhajan dedicated to the foremost devotee of Rama, Shri Hanuman. You just heard an episode of our radio program, Afternoon Satsang. This was a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12.30pm Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion was on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 13th March 2014. Dear listeners, we hope you like this program. As always, send us your feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and loving Sairam from Prashanthi Nilayam.